Hey, it's Jeff. I left the AC on for this recording. That was dumb. So the sound quality is a bit lower, but this was such a great conversation that I have to release it, even though doing so goes against every single anal retentive cell in my body. And that's all of them. Stand-up comic joke it up one time. Funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. You've heard the podcast, so this is not a surprise. To you. No, but I don't understand. Why are you playing this song right now? It doesn't make any sense for you. To... Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you. This is a song about sex, right? Not now. We've modified it for fair use. In what way? Uh, I said sex. Oh. Instead of sex. And that changes the. Sex! <laughs> the legality of it. <laughs> oh, now I get it. I've li- I'm a big fan of the show. Yeah, this is a great. Uh, um, uh, yeah, this is okay. Here, why don't you go, Jeff? Yeah, that's great. Type Wait, old, good intro, Harrison. All right. Uh, so, this I'm is a the nerd. Pod- I'm, a fan of uh, I'm a nerd. <laughs> uh, this is- I'm, just, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Wait, done. Jeff, that wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing in what he was doing that was me. That's not true. I would fuck with him if it were. All right. Bisexual. Uh, this is- <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Uh, this is the podcast Let's Talk About Sets with Harrison Tweed and Jeff McBride. I am obviously type A and a little oh, irritated. Shit, I'm so much fun, dude. <laughs> Let's get started by listening to Dana Carvey's Get a Hundred Year Old Man from his 1995 HBO special Critics' Choice. For the people in the audience who aren't in the secret society, you want to know what it's like to have kids? The workload. Adopt a hundred year old man. Adopt a hundred year old man who needs 24 hour nursing care. And then find out, gee, my life's really changed. Imagine that scene. Wipe my ass! Put on cartoon! <laughs> you better apply cream, I might get a rash. What you made me for breakfast, I threw it on the floor. <laughs> you better feed me, I might get cranky. <laughs> I had a bad dream, I want to sleep in your bed. <laughs> I like to stretch out. <laughs> Guess what? It's naked time. <laughs> yeah, you like it, huh? <laughs> Where do you think you're going all dressed up, all fits? <laughs> Thought you going to a nice romantic dinner. Well, think again. By the time you hit the door, I'm going to be crying. I'm going to feel guilty. So I say, sit your ass down. We're putting on Pooh Bear. It's a good one, too. Piglet gets lost. Take him to Toys R Us. He's sitting there in the cart, right? Buy me that useless piece of plastic. Well, you already have that one. I don't have that one. I've got Megatore. 
That's mega T. You can tell because the index finger's crook slightly different. <laughs> mega tall, mega T, mega tie, mega two. Every time I click, it's 9.95 to you. <laughs> This piece of plastic, or I think I feel a tantrum coming off. <laughs> you gotta ask yourself, do you feel lucky? <laughs> oh, that's great. The theme today is all about silly. Dave is our guest, Dave Colombo. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I'm trying not to be like, oh, a radio announcer, but it just comes out. I'm sorry. I, it's great. You have a radio voice. I do. Yeah. Dave, why it did you pick nine that past bit. the big hour? Sorry? Why did you pick that <laughs> bit? Oh, um, I, it was one of the first stand-up specials that I... It's my favorite stand-up special of all time. And it okay. is... Um, what year is it? 95. And it was the first one that I saw where it was somebody didn't care about the illusion of confidence and strength and wasn't doing this kind of this ploy this like lie it was somebody who didn't care and it matched my mom's sensibility and and which i completely picked up from her growing up with her and everything of just this this just complete degradation of the idea of there's a way to behave and and it's just it's just perfect it's just such a silly the whole special, it's is that level of silliness throughout the entire thing. And it's so refreshing compared to what I had seen up to that point. And it completely changed my philosophy on what stand-up could be. What, what had you seen before? Um, a lot of, I mean, I, I was raised on very early 90s, late 80s, blazer, confident guy in the room. Men and women are different, am I right? And, it, <laughs> and, and it's kind of like everything was of that st- uh, what year was Dice? Did you grow up on Dice? Or oh no? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he's what, the epitome wait, of that. Yeah. Wait, which which comedians do men or women are different stuff? <laughs> I think I, I think I've heard maybe one or two, but yeah. but it was it, it, to see something so drastically different. Someone doing a voice for three and a half minutes. Yeah, four minutes. he does that silly old man voice almost the entire bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really great. I that's really funny. I I really like comedy like that. I that's why I kind of. I mean, there's certain bits that are of course dated, but I love Eddie Murphy's stand up mm-hmm. because it's this combination of like this very confident guy. He talks about like he has a bit where he's just like, if I took Brooke Shields to the Oscars, you'd know I'd fuck her. Yeah, yeah like yeah. and that's how confident he would be. And then he'd go like, I got your ice cream or what? Like yeah, it's just like this nice pairing. So I guess. Um, with Dana Carvey, though. Yeah, with Dana Carvey. He's being that silly guy start to finish. Yeah, he's but it's just a silly dude. Almost the way another comic, I think, would bust out a silly voice maybe 5% of the time. Mm-hmm. Carvey is in it. a normal voice 5% of the time. Yeah. And everything else is a character. Everything else is is playing on a, t- on a illustrating the emotion with a, a silly voice yeah mm-hmm. and then like he kind of how like in that bit he, he he breaks it down you take him to toys r us he's sitting there in the cart like that's yeah. him just setting it up in his normal voice and then we're right back to silly silly serves a purpose a really great purpose in stand-up and it is uh you're able to talk about things about misery right he's talking about the misery of having a child of having a baby um and also the misery of getting old at the same time showing them to be similar 
And but but instead of complaining about it, he makes it silly, mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden it's super palatable. Oh, it's a, it, I, I do a bit that's very uh, that's about disgusting things that you see in New York, and it was never landing, never ever landing. It would it, you, you know that you know that sound yeah, yeah. you get where people are like, oh, like yeah. we're trying to enjoy chicken fingers here, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like you know, but as soon as I. And as soon as I changed silly. it, it's not like I saw a man doing this, but instead of that, it's I saw a guy doing this. As soon <laughs> as you change the inflection, the audience goes with you on the emotional reaction of that. Like they put themselves in that spot and they can have a little bit more fun with it. So silliness is a way to talk about serious things yes. and serious emotions. Yes. Because as soon as because all stand up is like slightly heightened emotions that we all feel the relatability of it. So taking that to an extreme almost gets, can squeeze an extra laugh out of it. Once he's in the silly voice, once he's in silly town Mm -hmm. and we're okay, all right, we're going to be silly about this. Then he does, uh, then he maps. It's just straight up mapping, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, What do you mean by mapping? Mapping is where you have, you have this thing and we're going to map every aspect over it to this other thing. You were talking about it as like a Mad Lib in another episode. Oh yeah. yeah, The idea of like, it's a, it's a a listener on the (laughs) (laughs) Big fan of the show. Uh, uh, So like he says, um, wipe my ass, wipe the ass of a baby. You wipe the ass of the old man that Dana Carvey (laughs) is playing. Put on a cartoon in his, in this world for a moment. Cartoons are things that hundred-year-old men love to watch. It's, right. it's also great because a lot of times when uh, I'll see like a, a you know a very, not a great comic complain about kids, and it will be like, and my little girl's like, wah, and then my little son's like, yeah, and instead he's like having an old man articulate uh-huh. the emotion. Uh-huh. He's like, the emotion's coming, yeah. and this is what's going to happen, and you're going to have to deal, which makes it so much more funny. Well, I think the, it's like, oh, I have a tantrum. The underlying <laughs> thing to it is that when you make it an old man, it's someone who's self-aware of all yes. those things. Yes. Like, exactly. I like yes. to stretch out. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it it's not a baby doing it because they don't have any other like yeah, they don't yeah. have any other thought process. It's yeah. like, no, this is what I'm going to do. I like doing it. So it almost applies that to the idea of having a kid of like, yes. this fucking kid is doing this to me on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. and, I, and I think uh, 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 another thing, I have two things. The first thing is I think he... He does a great thing where he maps it and then he breaks the mapping Mm -hmm. and then he's back mapping it again. Meaning that he's like, here's how they're similar. Now I'm going to say something that doesn't fit. And now wouldn't it be funny if an old man wanted to watch Pooh Bear? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. Pigs that gets lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and be, because he, he keeps dancing that line, he's all of a sudden, see how similar these things are? Yeah. And then it's like, wait a minute, those aren't similar. An old man wouldn't do that. You're riding the, he's riding the wave of silliness to mm-hmm. a point where you'll let him, he could kind of go in any direction he wants to and really you'll, you'll go along with it. If, and that voice, you could say anything. I want to talk a little bit about what is silliness. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of thinking about this. This episode, all about silliness, right? And and some comedians do silly, and some comedians don't really do silly at all. And I think the essence of silly, you can even just do it with the word silly. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's a, a sort of clowny pointlessness to it. And it contains elements of absurdity in that it is intentionally bizarre or ridiculous, but Silly also has this hefty dose of playfulness. And in a way, I was thinking about this, Silly mimics stupid. It's intentionally playful stupidity. What do you guys think about that, that idea? I yeah, think you're I think right. That's awesome. I think that anything that, that breaks away from um, 
here's what you do, here's what you don't do on stage. Here's here are the rules. Here are this this won't this is hack. This won't work. This mm-hmm. will work. Anything that says no, no. The the absurdity of what like to me the absurdity stand up is an insane thing. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, my voice is being amplified. I'm talking. None of you guys are. Yeah. And I'm trying to make you laugh. We lose track of how silly that is by nature. Yeah. Because there's this philosophy that, well, I, I have to, I just have to be smarter than the room. I have to be better than well, the room. Well, well, I think it's absurd in that it's a bizarre thing to do. Mm-hmm. But silly, I would argue, goes another step. Yeah. It's not just that it is bizarre and intentionally bizarre. It's also that it's intentionally stupid. Sure. Like, like, like silly is that cross-eyed guy. Like, there, there's that element to it. Like, you be silly to a kid. You, you act dumb to yeah, a kid, yeah. and they love it. There's that, and I think absurdity doesn't quite capture that. Sure. Uh, absurdity can just, just be bizarre and still be absurd. But you wouldn't go, that's silly if it's just a weird thing. Yeah, no, right. no. And I would say that it's having it as a, an arrow in your quiver or, or a quiver in your bow or whatever the hell that phrase is, if I want to sound smart. The, the having it a bullet in your bow, a bullet in your bow. Yeah. If you want to have a bullet in your bow, the, the idea of knowing that, that it's there and being able to use it in the right moments. What do you, what, OK, what do you think you use silly for? What's it for? Well, uh, like I have an example the other night. I was doing a mic and I'm working on a bit that's never that's not doing well. And it involves a list. And and every time I do the list, it it, it it's it's the part it's a, it's part of the setup, and it never gets a laugh. Mm-hmm. And it's me being bombarded with the, with the list one after another after another. And the other night, just on instinct, I started to like crumble on the stage while doing it, as if I was being overburdened with with the list, each new thing. And all of a sudden, it got a laugh. And it was this idea of just giving up on the idea of I'm giving you information, and instead really playing on the emotion of of even the setup. By crumbling on stage, there's a vulnerability to that and a willingness to look inferior. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think silliness in, involves that too. Like you have to be willing to be silly. You have to be willing to look like a fool. Right. Right. And sm- like if you're doing smart, I'm telling you this thing that you didn't think about. That's not silly. I kind of feel like the the this is how it is kind of comedy um, is now the only way to do it is like when it's underlying something like I feel like George Carlin and maybe also kind of Chris Rock did this, too. Where it's like they have these like mission statements and they repeat the mission statement mm-hmm. and then they tell you what it's like. Like George Carlin has like premises that are Republicans don't give a fuck about women. They don't give a fuck about women. That's hard to do now. But now like people like Louie have to do a, a like kind of shift and do something that is about that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's um, uh, covered in silliness so that they can talk about it. The uh, on the Gavin episode, we brought up a bit that I did that you've heard that episode. It's about, it's like the animal rights joke. Mm -hmm. And when I first wanted to talk about what I was talking about in that, it was more like, fuck vegans, these fucking pieces of shit. They're so like self-righteous. And then I was like, oh, if I put like a cartoonish element to it, there's nothing you can't say. And that is the, the, I I think that's silly. So, so I think silly humor is the armored car that lets us drive safely through the darkest streets of the human experience. Hmm. Like it's what you we get to if we get inside silly we can go anywhere we want right and and um, the comedians that do that best can talk about anything anything they can get away with way more. 
I want to play something. This might be a little self-indulgent, mm-hmm. but I wanted to define silly by what it's not. Okay. And I and I'm going to go to the I, and I'm going to go to the person. This is just a short little clip. It's from John Cleese of him mm. just talking about it. He's not a stand-up comedian. John Cleese, for people who don't know, is uh, was basically the leader of Monty Python. Yeah. Uh, the silliest, silly, silly, like, like the, the British humor, silly thing. And all sketch comedy kind of like stems from Monty Python. And I mean, he has the, one of my favorite sketches of all times is called the ministry of silly walks. Mm-hmm. And all he does is walk in a very silly way oh, and then interview awesome. people to, who, who want to join the ministry of silly walks and their walks aren't silly. enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is a, uh, he's giving a speech about creativity in the, like the eighties to a corporation. And, uh, he goes off on this tangent about solemnity. Hmm. Um, and no, okay. is he going to define like it? A, yeah, yeah. So what solemn okay. is, it's like a solemn occasion, okay. right? Like yeah, a yeah. funeral is a solemn yeah, yeah, occasion, yeah, yeah. right? And I think it's a great counterpoint to what, by showing what silly is not. Solemnity, on the other hand, I mean, I don't know what it's for. I mean, what is the point of it? The two most beautiful memorial services that I've ever attended both had a lot of humor, and it somehow freed us all and made the services inspiring and cathartic. But solemnity, it serves pomposity, and the self-important always know at some, some level of their consciousness that their egotism is going to be punctured by humor. That's why they see it as a threat, and so dishonestly pretend that their deficiency makes their views more substantial when it only makes them feel bigger. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that made me think about is that maybe I, the reason I stuttered a little bit when you said define silliness is less that I, is because I don't know what silliness is. It's hard. I just know the opposite of it. Uh I know when I watch a comic go on stage and they don't have an ounce of silliness in them, that's what I don't want to be. So it's the, it's, it's, it's seeing the absence of it more than being able to accurately define like my mom would uh, anytime a car backfired, she would go, excuse me. Like she just farted because it was a wasted moment if she didn't. So I grew up with that kind of like understanding that it's I like, I love your mom now. Oh gosh. She's the best. But like, but so, so I grew up with kind of it, it always around. So I never really needed to be like, well, what you just did there was because that was just second nature. Yeah. But when I watched someone go up on stage, not able to really just let go or fart for whatever reason. It, I love what he said there. It serves solemnity serves people's pomposity and self-importance and makes them feel bigger. Mm-hmm. Whereas silly, if you're being a silly Billy, yeah. If you're just going, you can't. You're not. There's you. Can't, yeah. You don't seem cool. <laughs> you don't yeah, seem yeah, yeah. pompous. You can't seem. There's nothing. You have such a sense of humor about yourself. There's there's a. Ah, is it safe to say there's there's a modesty in silliness? Yes. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. yeah. A humility to it. Like, yeah. Well, egg on my face. Give me an egg, smash. Like, yeah, yeah. It's so silly. Why would you smash an egg on your face? Jimmy Fallon gets a lot of shit, and I've even given him shit. You know, not personally. When you hang but out. Like, yeah, when I hang out with Jimmy fucking Fallon. Uh, the king of late night. Um, he keeps calling you, by the way. You're going to take his team. I don't want to do it on your show. I'm breaking on Conan. Okay? Um, no, um, but I think one of the things he does that's great for comedy and for entertainment is he brings on these 
larger than life celebrities, Will Smith, Tom Cruise, and he has them playing these weird games where they do. I've seen Tom Cruise smash an egg on his head. Right. <laughs> you, he's the Lord of Scientology yep. for God's sakes. He it could no one could be more serious about acting or life, and he literally is smashing. Egg after egg, and it's like that is making Tom Cruise so much more likable than when he entered the show. When when Tom Cruise dies, will he have a crypt and over it will say Lord of Scientology? <laughs> <laughs> he apparently is never. I love Tom Cruise forever, but I was like, I'm so glad he's doing this. This is such a good PR move almost because uh, it's like, yeah, all these people are, are just like they're just people like us. Yeah. And sometimes they just like to have stupid fun. They play charades at home with their wives and daughters and shit like that. I just love what silliness can do to make um, us all just kind of come together. It's just like a nice... Yeah. Warm feeling. And it being surprising. Like uh, someone yeah. going up on stage going, hi, everybody. Whoa, for, for 10 <laughs> minutes is one thing. But having somebody that you're used to seeing take themselves very seriously. We're talking about this movie. Oh. That I'm, I'm, I'm in this new Mission Impossible movie. And it's, oh, we're looking forward to see someone like that. Like when you saw Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. Oh, like, I just was like, uh, it's oh, like great. he has that capacity yeah, to be yeah. that self-aware uh-huh. and to decide yeah. to throw caution to the wind. You oh, know, God, maybe nasty. this is the what it's, splitting the hair between silly as something genuine and silly as hack mm-hmm. is that when somebody's doing silly as a put on to show people that they're silly and to make them laugh with this act versus yeah. somebody who's taking joy in being a goon <laughs> yeah. a silly goose yeah. and that, i think we can feel the difference mm-hmm. oh yeah like you're saying having having that as a bullet in your quiver <laughs> or whatever um being able uh, like for me a I missile think, in your pocket a missile in your pocket <laughs> Sorry, you just happen to see me. The, the idea that um yeah do you have the writing to back it up did you have a good joke? Like something I love, like I, I got on this kick where I was like, I'm going to start watching specials and uh, stand up specials and just take notes and watching Pete Holmes go up. And he, he, he has the joke about every time I see nonfiction, I have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, um, so and he funny. opens with it. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's one of his specials, but some, some, so it's on a special. It's on uh, his actually, no, it's on an album. It's, it's on, on impregnated yeah, with yeah. wonder. Yeah. And, and he starts with it. And then goes to silly town, yeah. like with with some concepts. But this idea of being able to say like, "Hey, I'm a good joke writer. This is a this is a this is a coherent joke. You should be paying attention to me." Yeah, yeah. like check it out. This is also, this is a good I am joke. Stupid. I am yeah. stupid. I have moments where I'm really stupid. I right. love That's I love the Louis story. thing too. When he's like, oh, he's got like a dog phone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, so, it's so refreshing to, to hear be someone able, be like, hey, we're all dumb. And this is what happens when I'm being fucking right. dumb. Nailed as it. someone who yeah. definitely is perceived as dumb. I'll, I'll, yeah, so I just silliness love when other people Enhancing um, maybe people being open to what else you have to say. Uh-huh. Maybe, like now I can get into this heady bit where I'm kind of m- making a point or I'm saying something and there's good writing behind mm-hmm. it. But it's 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 been washed now in this idea that I'm not taking myself too seriously. Yeah. And you can trust me because an audience will will catch that immediately that you you're the only one who like if a, if, if a chair moves and you hear a on stage and it's like oh, that 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 kind of screwed up my timing. Now an audience <laughs> is just self-aware of every sound in the uh, room. Yeah. But if you're someone who just walks up and is kind of like, hey, what's what is going on? What is 
all this that we're doing, like a, watching, I'm, I hate keep constantly bringing up Pete Holmes, but every time he comes up and he's like, we're just, we're just doing the, this is what we're yeah. doing right now. And then all of a sudden we can all enjoy whatever he wants to talk you about. You can always tell how long a comic's been doing it by how they react to a noise yeah. or like someone talking. Cause you're like, sometimes like a, a, a radiator will go, it's like, <laughs> yeah. and it's like to someone that's like a year and they'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, my favorite. And you see them sputtering, but then, but it's like, dude, that's like ten minutes. You and, can do ten minutes on that fucking sound. And I'm sorry. Uh, real quick, uh, when someone, when there's, uh, you're, you're at a bar where there's lights in the whole room, and it's like, oh, I can see all of you. Or when the lights, oh, the lights are so bright. <laughs> yeah, welcome to every club you're ever gonna go to. You're gonna acknowledge. Oh, it's weird the way there's lights on oh, me I'm right so now. I'm so sweaty all of a sudden. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. <laughs> it's so funny. Come on. Let's talk about sex. I want to talk a little bit about Dave Colombo. Yeah. Let's introduce our guest. Hell yeah, dude. I can't <laughs> believe we haven't. Yeah. Uh, Dave Colombo is a stand-up comic working out of New York. He's played at New York Comedy Club, Broadway Comedy Club, The Stand, Bananas, and Catch a Rising Star. He's performed at the Mosaic Comedy Festival and a variety of clubs around the East Coast. In addition, he is a writer commercial and voiceover actor, and the producer of multiple web series, including Pitchin' Bits and Cautiously Poptimistic. Dave Colombo, I am so happy to have you on the show. I have had a crippling comedy crush <laughs> on you since the first time I saw you get on stage. Thank you. That's very, very, very kind. And, and uh, Which is, by the way, it has this odd pairing with also just bitter envy over your ability to write. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, kind. Fuck you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you right in the in the writer's hole. If you have, it's always one of those things. When, when you get off stage, you did stand up, and someone's like, "You're a good writer," and you're kind of like, "That's a compliment," but also, you know, it's, okay. Fuck oh, you. Right. You, know. Fuck you. You, you are. Ray good. Romano said that about John Apatow. He was like, yeah, they were on a, like a young comedian special, and Ray Romano was just much better than everyone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, I remember uh, watching you, and and I remember you like, I was like, God, this guy. It's gonna be a good writer. That is not how I mean it. No, at no, all. no, no, but, no. But that's my self-consciousness of um, not wanting performer. to be. I'm working on. You're it. a natural like, performer because your voice. You uh, already have like you, you have, have stage a, presence. I and appreciate you have, a, that. you have a you have a voice that already sort of communicates funny. It is easy to listen to. <laughs> You're like choking down vomit as yeah, you're saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get uh, just like indigestion <sighs> when I think about yeah. what you can do. But you have a very funny, easy to listen to voice already. You already you have cadence. The way that you you have a twinkle in your eye when you get on stage. You have all those pieces. What performance element do you think you're missing? Um, we, I appreciate I, everything you said was incredibly kind. I'm I, I think like you know uh, looking at the back of your baseball card and seeing your stats. And see, you know, like I used to like collect Marvel action trading cards and it would be like, here's Wolverine. Here's his strength. Here's his stamina. Here's a and knowing where you need to work. I think that the performance. Did you just out-nerd me? Jesus oh, Christ. Well, we can, we can get it. We okay, can certainly. Yeah, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, see. Let, let, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> you, you, you take stand-up as seriously as I do, where you're constantly looking, what's the best use of my time? What do I need to work on? What, what am I riding on right now that I feel like doesn't need work? And for me, the performance aspect of it, of um, 
I am very analytical. I am very uh, precise with the writing and the editing and the choice of words and the choice of syncopation and the patter of it. And this is oh, symmetry. Yes. I said the word cow here, so I have to say cow here to make the setup fit the punchline. There's a, there's a, uh, I try to make it like lyrics. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I know that what I have to work on is making an audience who is just in, having a fucking blue moon who came to see comedy enjoy that decision that I've made to do it that way. What clubs serve Blue Moon? That's a very good uh, <laughs> No one serves Rolling Rock anymore. Everywhere I go, I'm like, yeah, everyone's a Budweiser guy. One of the reasons that I wanted to write with you and you shot me down, but uh, totally. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was Wait, like, really? He's fair. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened was he caught me in a time before my work ethic had caught up uh, to the rest of me. Um, and you were like, you know, you know, you don't respond to Facebook messages, Dave. And I'm like, no, I don't. And I was like, ha ha, this is not something that I do. That's my thing. And you're like, you should for the business that you're in. You should collaborate. <laughs> yeah, like, like something I'd say. You're <laughs> right. And I'm, I've gotten a lot better. How long and ago was this, this conversation? Uh, Actually, there was ago? another one. I, this, I've, I've attempted a few times. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there was another one where I was like, I'm trying to put together a writing group. And he goes, he said, I don't like you as a human being. Go fuck yourself. I hope you die tomorrow. I'll celebrate. But I said uh, that with very lyrical language. Was so the wording was amazing. Um, no, no, he was just, he was too busy at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but the reason I wanted to write with you, um, and still do, should you ever accept my invitation. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so much uh, is, is that is that um once you hear upper level comedians talk about their process they always have somebody at least one other person to bounce it off because you get channel locked into one way of looking at something and and the and the bread and butter of stand-up comedy is perspective and being able to have yet another perspective yet another perspective yet another perspective on the same thing you can tag something into the ground with that right Oh, tags. I'm so bad with tags. I like, like people talk about tags are like, Oh, I have like eight tags for that. And I'm like, I had that punchline that I wrote and then I move on to the next thing. Tags, Cause I have no oh, idea to find that tags are. So you have your setup. Oh, I went to the store. You have the punchline insert something. Tags funny. heighten <laughs> a, a, the original punchline. What yeah. they are is they just reinforce it. So like Kalen Palufo was a great example. And what she played of a tells was a great, she was like, the, the point of the joke is I was called a beast in high school. That's mm-hmm. not a compliment. Here is like, it's like, uh, I shine on moving day. Uh, yeah. that girl will work for pizza. It's just like, it's the same message, but it's just put in different phrases. Sometimes in someone else's mouth, sometimes just like another self. Sometimes it's as simple as just th- pull out a thesaurus and instead of this word, this word. And instead of uh, one little word, now I'm just making it a li- like it, it yeah. could be that simple or it could be slight variations on the original idea. You can even say something slower. John Mulaney does that. Yeah. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. Yeah. And yeah. It's, just, it's like slight intonation. And that's it's a all little it slower. is. People laugh I wonder, again. is it, I don't know what this is called, like, uh, categorically, um, but you know how Chris Rock will be like, um, uh, Chris Rock will do it and George Collin will restate something mm-hmm. over and over again. And Seinfeld talks to Chris Rock about this in an interview or in this uh, thing called Talking Funny. It's love on it. HBO. Oh, yeah. It's love 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 really times. great. Yeah. But he talks about it's like that's a richer concept. What you're about to go in is so rich that you gotta keep re-saying. I don't know if that's a tag itself, 
Um, I don't think that's it is stating the retag. That's I think that's in the premise. A tag is in the punchline side of things. Do you know? Oh, I played it on the Usam episode. I have that Captain America bit, mm-hmm. and I re- like he stopped the Holocaust is like the thing. And when I realize what strengthens that bit is if I keep saying that, I'm like, did you guys just hear me? Yeah. And then if I keep saying because then they know what I'm about to go, they know it's gonna go into like a weirdly dark but silly. Away and it just the joke works a thousand times better when I keep. If it's a rich enough concept, it maybe it's maybe it's not a tag, but repeating the premise is a way to keep keeping the wound from healing over. Yeah, and and like like I'm scratching at it. I'm scratching at it. We're not done with this. Like I'm not done with this. It's a great way to be subversive too, because it's like it's like we are going to talk about this. Get normalized to this is what's going to happen. Just yeah. Please, I wouldn't take you there if I didn't have somewhere great to <laughs> right, drop right, you right. off. Like, <laughs> I just discovered this really and started implementing it because, as you guys know, my material tends to be five minutes on this thing. Yeah. Right? Every yeah, mic awesome. you go to, I see you at an open mic. Yeah. It's, it's literally like, oh, today I'm talking about this one thing that I saw for five minutes. I was <laughs> so impressed delightful. when you told me the Al Martin thing where you uh, auditioned for a club by just talking about one thing. Mm-hmm. And I know he was like, God. you only talked about one thing, but I was like, I'm like, dude, I could never me? do that. Yeah. I couldn't just do my five, to have on five minutes worth of jokes on even so, just unless online it was just dating, crowd work. You know? I just can't imagine doing but that. But I envy the, here's a joke. It's perfectly formed. Now you laugh, move on. I can't I do like the in between game. I like long form bits, but like talking about multiple things. Mm-hmm. I, it might feed into that type of element. Like <laughs> I cannot let it go. I have to squeeze out every possible angle on it, but I didn't know about restating the premise until a little while ago. Um, and, and I started, it was like Chris Rock and a few other places. And I was like, I'm going to start doing that. And so I started, I had that, 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 that bit on white nationalist dating website. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that bit. Every time I start another angle on it, I just go, ah, white nationalist dating website. And then I do it again. <laughs> yeah. and then I, Ugh, white nationalist dating website. Yeah. And then boom, I hit it again. And, but restating it over and over again brings people forward with it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I, it's yet another rhetorical technique. It's, I think I'm a little, I'm a little a bit of an amateur um, with that concept. I don't, I, I don't have anything that I'm, I feel is so rich that I just keep repeating it in that way. I have like when I when I'm writing my concept out, it'll be like. Uh, astrology is insane. Here's why astrology is insane. Mm-hmm. And then every every next line is a slight variation leading in different directions. Like, it's a little different. Now I want to talk about how it's like this. Now I want to talk about how it's like this. But what I should be writing for, how awesome is this premise that I can literally just keep repeating it because I know you, the audience, are repeating it in your head. White nationalist dating sites? Yeah, yeah. White mm-hmm. nationalist dating? Mm-hmm. That's huh. the dream, is to have something that's that potent. And I love watching you at a mic. Like, I could tell you had just started writing on this idea. And then I see you at another mic a couple days later, and you have, you've squeezed five more. Five, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. few I more out of it. go. <laughs> Which, again, we were talking about is what I respect so much. Not necessarily, dude, that's a great bit on blah, 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 but someone who edits. I know what you did when yeah, you went yeah. home. You went did we home. talk about that on a podcast yet, or was that before when we Beforehand. were talking about like self editing is the most impressive thing to hear a comic to did. see someone come in and and that thing that wasn't that that, that that thing that didn't get the laugh at the last mic is now tightened. Yeah, yeah. And that thing that got a big laugh at the beginning is now at the end. Yes, you know, yes. and just that's that's the job. Tell me a little bit about why stand up. 
oh, for God. you. Um, uh, started off as an actor, uh, wanted, would you guys like me? Like I had, I wanted to be a star, but I wanted to do mundane, like growing up, it was like, I want to be a paleontologist, but I want to be like, find a dinosaur that's, I'm like a rock star paleontologist. Did you have like that where? I did have weird, invi- like when I would just shoot hoops, I was never going to be a basketball player at all. I did not make the high school team and I was just like shooting. But when I'd be like, I'd be like, it's going to happen. Fuck it. Get it going. Because to me, because to me, it's like I had the narcissism of knowing I wanted to be seen and wanted to be heard. Yeah. But I didn't know where to apply that yet. So I was like, all right, I'll be a, I'll, I'll, I'll bind books, but I'll be so good. Oh my God. That I'm going on Leno. For bookbinding, and that's like because I was like, well, Dave, why don't you just go into entertainment I then? I don't know if this is a. He's had oh, so many bookbinding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just think one of a million now. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Uh, got another book bookbinder here today. Is it like a Woody Allen bookbinder? <laughs> I don't like binding on weekends. I mean, you do that. I actually had a bit about book. Do you do impressions, by the way? Because I just say ask that because you're such a great voice. You have such a great voice, and I'm sure you have range, and you can sing. I appreciate that. I I uh, have impressions of. Of open mic comics that are my contemporaries. <laughs> Wait, please, can I hear one? Um, uh, that I've I've only doing because me and some friends. This totally, is silly, by the way. We can way. absolutely this cut this. This is as silly as it could possibly get. The, the game is you do an open mic comic that everybody knows doing somebody else's set. Oh, that's awesome! So, so you get so you get really drunk, and so I would go up and do like like. Um, all right, so let's let's play the game. Um, these are two people who have been on your podcast so far. All right, you about this pastor, this pastor that comes in and he goes, uh, he says, uh, what you do, you take all the, uh, take all the lesbians and you, uh, hey, you just put them in a cage, right? Start right there. I'm in, right? So it's like, you have to, oh, that's you, amazing. you have to go, okay, so if that's If you did Usama. not know, that was Usama Sadiq. Oh, Doing Ashley Gavin. And then whoever guesses it has to then do the opposite. So now you've got to do like, so I was at the airport. <laughs> and my friend says, you know, like, and, yeah. and it's just like, but again, it's, it becomes like a, a, a bro game of like, who, who knows everybody's bits and everything that's like so that. But so that's why stand up. That's why I stand up. man. Whoa. You needed to stop me 20 minutes ago. Dude, I like tangential brother. Oh, my yeah. God. You guys are uh, killing me. Yeah, it's like five-hour podcast. You ever seen Space Jam? Ah! Ah! Call back to episodes okay. previous. All right, all right. Really quick. Really right, quick. Stand up because um, I started out acting, um, did not get any traction doing it. Um, got no traction acting kind of nobody cared. I would spend a lot of time at auditions and nobody would even look at you. And then I started to realize that I respected good stand up more than I respected good acting. Oh, interesting. The you, idea you're of doing it because of the level of prestige that you gave to good standups versus actors. Yeah. Um, why am I doing something that I don't respect nearly as much? Like, why do I, I listen to stand up? And love stand up and talk about stand up and then spend an hour on the 405 to get to an audition in Burbank where I stand there and have a guy go, no. And then I leave like that's what I'm doing. So uh, I, I started picking it up and started like testing the water. And God, those first couple like months. Also, you are the actor, writer and director of your stand up. That's, that's the what cool thing. made me do it yeah. was all of a sudden I'm going from Control. no. Yeah. I, I, you mean I get to star in my own play that I wrote and directed yeah, yeah. and nobody can stop me? That's delightful i get asked by friends or family they're like oh you should do some acting mm-hmm. and i go 
I don't want to say other people's words. It's weird. It's really yeah, that yeah. simple. Once you've been doing stand-up. Writers call them word pretenders. I think it's the funniest <laughs> thing. It's like uh, one of the fucking word pretenders <laughs> changed my goddamn line. It's so weird so to funny. go from like, I have this bit about um, being in my 30s and it's very personal and it's about how weird it is to date in your 30s and how you feel like you don't have a lot of time to waste. It's very personal stuff and I'll write it all morning and then I'll go to an audition where it's like, okay, so you are a NASCAR fan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, really and it's like it, the, the dichotomy of now i have to go from i am i am pure this is pure self-expression yeah. to oh you thought this was funny and now yeah. i have to stand here and you need you need me to look into this camera and say <laughs> this thing that i have no connection to yeah okay you know, yeah, like, yeah, i yeah. guess it's very hard Tell me about your writing process a little bit. I'm um, fascinated with it because the results are so great. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I um, never, I've never stuck to one thing for too long. Um, I've never honed in on this is it. This is this. Well, this gets me the best product. I'm always cognizant of the idea that there could be a better thing that I am just not doing that I haven't figured out yet. Mm-hmm. So my process right now is to write out, type out, type out, type out ideas on a subject. Then uh, once I've read through it a couple times, get up in front of a mirror and beautiful mind style with the uh, dry erase marker, vaguely do a performance into the mirror, what I had written down, not being stuck to the structure, not being anything like that, but buzzwords, buzz punchlines, things that, that read, that resonate, write them on the mirror, uh, so that I can improve the physicality and the performance of it, but also just looks like literally I'm looking at myself doing it. I didn't know until today that I was buying a big mirror. <laughs> it works. <laughs> I, I, I can see the benefit. You get to see how you're doing it. You get it's to, written in front of you. The uh, word that you can't remember that is the funny part that you really want right to remember there. is sitting right there, and you also have yourself and the physicality of it right there as well. So doing, so literally going back and forth from that writing it out to doing it in front of the mirror mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot, and then taking going back to the, to the, the, the pen and paper and writing out what you did the honed Titan version and then taking that and going back and forth, uh, back and that forth, iterative back and forth. process of here I am creating ideas and it's messy. Mm-hmm. Here I am cleaning them up, tightening them, honing them, sharpening it here. I'm taking that sharpened thing back and I'm turning and, I'm, and it's back in the messy space yeah. of we're going to create off of this until you get this like folded samurai sword. Yeah. It's an joke. amalgam because you, you talk to people that are like, well, I only type it out and then I memorize it and do it. And then you talk to people who are like, I only write on stage and it's like there yeah. has to be a marriage a middle between ground. those. And it, you yeah. know what? Your your technique and your adherence to it it shows so well. I don't. I I, I know I keep kissing your ass, but like <laughs> I'm uh, like Caitlin Palufo. I'm uh, falling off the. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another reference to me. I was so glad she He's talked so about funny. her wet pussy. And that. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the so, funniest folk yeah, quotes I've ever. Yeah. Heard. <laughs> so as I as I stroke you off, on the fucking, <laughs> your comedy cock. Uh, Boy, <laughs> oh my god! No. Too late to rename the podcast comedy cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play some of your material, Dave. Right. Hell yes. Yes. This is bad <laughs> comedy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it, guys. You invited me here just to make Okay, it's fine. Yeah, so we, we built you up so much, yeah. and then we're going to listen to this, and this be kind of silent for a little bit after. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine? The, we got to. The punk people on this podcast invite brand new comics, butter them up, and then just destroy them. <laughs> what was this shit? I just... <laughs> 
What was your turning point in comedy? Well, I was a year in, and uh, these uh, guys uh, brought me on a podcast, and I they cried. They fed me. For, I, they fed me. It was all great. And then <laughs> they played my material and told me how bad it was. And then I cried for about a month, and um, I, I almost killed myself. And then I realized... Fuck them. I'm going to be the greatest comedian yeah. of all time. <laughs> oh, we'll just like light fires and yeah. we'll tell it. Or they quit. Or they quit. Speaking of, tangentially, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen's oh, Dancing in the Dark was written because he kept turning in out like a, like a song after song to the record company. They're like, there's no hits on here. Oh, so shit. that's why it's like you can't start a fire without a spark. That whole song and why it's called Dancing in the Dark is like, I don't know what you want from me. I need some creative like to make a hit. There needs to be this spark. And you're just uh, like asking me to create one. So we literally wrote a song about how there's no just spark without. OK, so. Sorry about that. You know, every time you apologize to me on the podcast, I know I have to edit it out because if I don't, I look really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I really think I like corner you. Like I beat you. I after. feel like <laughs> my puppy dog eyes come through through my voice. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and your sorries. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Jeff. I'm oh, sorry, buddy. Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you mad at me? <laughs> Dad, are you mad? <laughs> Did I do something wrong? <laughs> Stop hitting mom. <laughs> okay, shut up. All right. All right. There we go. All right. <laughs> this is a bit by Dave Colombo. And Dave, what, what do you call this? Uh, online porn. I'm trying to write, like I'm trying to be a writer, but it's not good because you need your computer to write and your computer has the internet on it. And it's a little distracting, isn't it? Like someone told me the other day, they're like, Charles Dickens wrote 15 novels. What a work ethic. I'm like, yeah. Kind of helped that his typewriter didn't also have porn on it. <laughs> Actually, do find Disney princesses sexually attractive? How fuck Disney for that, by the way. Right, it's your their it's fault. So mean. <laughs> Show me yeah, Jasmine's really midriff. Oh, but like, God. but but the idea of how how can I take something that that weird and self really makes me self conscious that that is actually something that I do when I am inclined to go on to Google on the bus. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> how, how how to turn that into something that isn't gonna get a ugh. yeah. 
it's cartoon princesses, which is already it's silly, but it also has an element of creep to it, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, how do I get rid of that element of creep? Is is the comparison to with that and something as innocent? Well, what I like is that it's just enough of a surprise that it gets the, in my opinion, it's me getting very analytical about my material, uh, which is kind of the point of the podcast. The the the, the old version of the joke was. Um, oh, I really want to see Jasmine get fucked by Jafar on the magic carpet in the Cave of Wonders while Abu is watching. Because I I went dirty and I went specific. Uh And it was always getting like... We acknowledge that you said a lot of things quickly <laughs> and things that were very specific. Nice quickliness. But yeah. <laughs> it's on the, Shock it's on the humor. Back. I get it. You can <laughs> yell things that are gross. Your next comic, to the, your next comic coming to the stage, nice quickliness. Uh, <laughs> performs quickliness all over the city. Um, the, but I, it, wasn't, it wasn't getting what I wanted. Yeah. And, and it was because it was too. This, this is an image that is too dark. Too specific, but just saying freehand charcoal pencil drawings of Jasmine isn't inherently dirty. It's dirty if you make it dirty in your head. But that's you. But that's that's on on you. you. It also shows you have an artistic side, which is endearing. (laughs) Right. I feel like anytime you buffer really like edgy material with like, I like this thing and it's kind of weird that I like it. it, it, Everyone loves that. You can get away with a little bit more. Like like I I have one rape joke in my entire set and it's that um, I, I don't work out because if I go to the gym and I just kind of, my brain will stop me. It'll say, like, you know, Benny Hill was out of shape. He had a TV show where he chased women. If he had worked on his cardio, that would have been a show about a rapist. <laughs> and so it's me with a rape joke, but you also have to know Benny Hill. Yeah. So it's like, like... I don't it, even know Benny Hill with that hit It's that old late 70s, you know, early 80s TV show. It was a British show yeah. where he just would chase women. And it was this whole, like, campy philosophy. And it was this thing where... Like I feel like the only way that I would I would mention something a word like that on stage is if I earned it and I feel with that joke I earned it. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really um, like when really Betty Hill catches up, he earned it. There's a rape The the beginning of this though mm-hmm. is so great about writing and the distracting typewriter. God. I wanted to just talk about how you even got into the premise. Mm-hmm. Um, that you were able to be even funny in the premise. Because the premise is... Well, that's tough to do. That can be really hack, trying to be funny in the premise. Um, But you're introducing this idea that essentially is uh, people got things done a little more easily because they were less distracted. Mm -hmm. And And you gave the example of that, which was... Uh, you know, if your typewriter also served you porn, it would be hard to do. I'm, 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 I'm watering it down. I don't want to do the joke, but that the way you revealed that it's, 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 it's kind of easy to see, but you said it in just the right way Mm -hmm. that it was still a surprise. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I would. I, I mean, th- that's a honed version. Like, well, you know, it's funny. Yeah, I'd love to hear some earlier. What, how did, what did it take to get to that point? What's interesting is that the actual bit. This is how heady I am about history and shit. Uh, Charles Dickens died three years before the typewriter was invented. The original version of the joke <laughs> is joke getting is into this bullshit. I know, and, and, and I think about that every time because uh, now the I syncopation works and it's in my head, so I keep saying it. But the original version of the joke is that the internet 
teaches you some amazing things. So I do that whole thing about Charles Dickens, and I say he wrote 25 novels, and he died, and 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 he did this, and then I say you can learn some amazing things on the internet, like Charles Dickens died three years before the typewriter was invented and only wrote this many novels. So it's like by taking by by agreeing with my premise. You are already like it, it was too heady. It was too oh I'm 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 mad at you like I, I was leading you guys on and it got away from what the joke is essentially the, you know what do so, you really want to say what here? I really want to say is that I tried to write a joke about the Olympics and just started researching the Olympics and then just ended up watching a Japanese video on YouTube of. Uh, young Japanese women rolling tires down Olympic ski slopes <laughs> to see how far different brands would go. And I'm like, how did I get here? Yeah. And that, that absurdity, once you, once I've, I've had that moment of realization of, I haven't written a joke in 20 minutes. I've just been watching this video, how to dilute that. And it's, it's, it is universal. Anybody who's been on the internet gets that. There's nothing more interesting to me than how quickly we went from no options to every option. Uh, how does how does that that opening go again? Uh, you know, I try to write. My computer has the internet. I I, I can't. I just get distracted. Mm-hmm. You know, it was easier back then. You know, to my friends, like, well, Charles Dickens wrote 15 novels. What a work ethic! Like, okay, you know, it, it, he didn't. Ha- what what is he going to do? Look outside and see a horse die in the street? Like, <laughs> what else is he going to do with his That's time? That's really really funny. You know, like it was easier. I'm trying to play. Like, I'm. I don't think I'm particularly good at. Um, uh, what Bill Burr and a lot of other comics do, which is they take a concept, uh, uh, a Patrice. Like, here's something you don't agree with, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna convince you with this. You're with better this. with, and I, and you're great at it. And it makes me sometimes I'll hear a, a premise. I'll go, I have thought about that and wanted to write about it, and he's already there. Uh. It's happened a few <laughs> times. Uh, and it, you're good at. Here's the thing everyone has perceived, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to articulate it. But you. what I'm trying to do with this one, thank you, what I'm trying to do with this one is have one of those, like, for me, the conceit behind this entire thing, and it's a bit that I haven't fully finished yet, is that why on earth wouldn't I be on my phone right now? How good is the human interaction going right now <laughs> that it's better than the internet? What are you, fucking high? Yeah. There's no, like, so th- that's the grander concept that I've been struggling with uh, and trying to write for uh, the last year, mm-hmm. is this idea of the internet is better than us. And I've done it a couple bit times on stage, and I have, like, very nice old ladies kind of go like, oh, and I'm like, you don't, you don't agree? And they're like, no, it's just too true you know and it's this idea of they're not like i haven't articulated it well enough yet yeah that that it's funny it's more like oh, i guess you're right like no human being is nearly as interesting <laughs> as the internet and and i think what the problem is is that the way i was approaching the bit before was um people are dicks because they're selfish yeah but the reality of it is taking it into my head actually how important how good a- am i at conversation how yeah, interesting is what a- i'm saying mm-hmm. Like compared to access to anything that you want that's, right now, and that's stand up. Like if you can slide yourself under mm-hmm. like that, that is like uh, like sliding yourself underneath in terms of status yeah. by taking it. If you, I bet that bit will grow into something fantastic if you're able to do that. You take that and you I go. Mean, it's already great. How long is it in its like fullest form? Like three and a half or four minutes, but, you, but awesome. it's not. If full, you take that there. and you go, hey. Uh, here's how I am, don't have the confidence in my conversational skills mm-hmm. to be more interesting than the device you have in your hand. That has, I think that really has some legs. Come on. Let's talk about sex. This is a bit that I picked. It is Achilles footwear 
by Eddie <laughs> Izzard from his 1997 special, Glorious. All the great warriors came for the siege. Agamemnon, famous warrior. Ajax, famous toilet cleaner. <laughs> and Achilles, immortal man. Except he had an Achilles heel. <laughs> the irony of it. <laughs> <laughs> Mum, you mean I'm called Achilles and I have an Achilles heel? I'll be a laughing stock. <laughs> Achilles must have gone into battle dragging his heel behind him. Hey, hey, hey. Fuck off me heel. Get, leave it alone. <laughs> Trojans coming out with crabs and lobsters. Crabs and lobsters, get the heel, get the heel. <laughs> oh, no crabs and lobsters, no crabs and lobsters. <laughs> ah. Put it behind a brick. Ah. <laughs> he goes, he's stabbing someone. If I was someone. Achilles, I would put my foot in a fuck-off block of concrete. For starter for ten. <laughs> no one be, look, block of concrete. <laughs> block of concrete. Doop, doop, doop. See these swords I hold? <laughs> Stick them in my body, no problem at all. <laughs> Cut my head off, still keep going. Ha, ha, ha. But then Achilles would actually have a maximum radius. He wouldn't actually be able to <laughs> walk anywhere because his foot's on a block of concrete. Could you come over here, please? Could you come? Hello, could you come over here, please? Damn. Could you come over here, please? I've got something to show you. <laughs> yes, it's in my hand. Yes. No, you're going to have to come over. Damn, damn. He'd have to put wheels underneath the block of concrete. <laughs> But we know that wheels don't work very well on trolleys, so he'd probably be going... <laughs> He's going around in a circle. <laughs> round and round in circles, trying to get a... <laughs> Hang on a sec. <laughs> Thanks for waiting. <laughs> Much better would be a hovercraft bottom bit on. <laughs> You get home and change from blow to suck. <laughs> Mom, can you move the plug? It's stuck. <laughs> it's the noise of vacuuming. That's the best thing. The switching on and switching off. And you're vacuuming along. Normally, if you're vacuuming, you've got good, strong vacuum here. That's good. And sometimes you hear that noise. And you think, was that a bit of grit? Was that a piece of money? Or the treasure of the Sierra Madre? And you've got to know, you've got to know. You tear open the dust bag once anyone has a bit of grit. But the Hoovers are way better than those old type non motor. Cleaner. They made a noise like. You just had brushes and you had to push them over. And the dust going, what exactly are you trying to do? Well, well we are trying to whisk you, whisk you into the air. But 
we're coming straight back down again. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, you know, you know, I'm, I'm just a hoddadadadadad. <laughs> I don't know. Where are you from with that accent? <laughs> I'm from Kent, man. So anyway, Achilles, remember him? <laughs> he was there, and he had an Achilles heel. All right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so to back up, you want to talk silliness, the sound of a vacuum that's also a hovercraft on the block of concrete yeah. on a Greek soldier in a war. Right? Like, like that's incredible. Right? He to paints start. pictures better than anyone I've ever seen. It's incredible. Seen, it's, so, it's so incredible. It's like, here he is talking about war. Uh, by the way, what's the sound that he makes every time he's stabbing someone with a sword? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, he's talking about stuff that is like, it's, it's war and murder and, and, and like this. And, and, but it's so silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you make a fart noise not hacky at all? Like almost <laughs> brilliant. Like it's yeah. just... I'm I'm running through. I can't think of any time in my writing process that have been like a, a fart noise right here. God, that, I that, that would work. <laughs> I, Eddie Izzard is just like he. It's almost like kind of frustrating because it's like Jesus Christ, you just let your imagination Stream take you anywhere, and you're so. And it's I. I it's so inspiring. I I wish I'd consume more of his shit, or I or so I good. guess I should start. You know, um, and he starts off. With the most ridiculous, intentionally stupid, silly premise. He's, he's silly in the premise. He goes, mm-hmm. his, an Achilles heel. Oh, the irony. Yeah. <laughs> and all of us are going, oh, you dummy. You, we know it's named after him. We know. Like, it's almost like a little kid. Like, I play with little kids by yeah. saying, I tell them, I'm like, I'll point to a cat and be like, do you like that dog? Yeah. <laughs> and they're always like, that's a cat. I'm like, no. <laughs> See, there's something. I think that, we, that you, you just pointed something there. The idea of, of deciding in your stand up special you're going to talk about like Greek history. Yeah. Already, I'm like, oh, this is going to be highbrow. But then to immediately get something wrong that we all know. Yes. Knowingly. The only thing we know. <laughs> so, so, like, because that's something that I struggle with is that I've, I've been told that my, my material is very highbrow. And a lot of times, that's all people had to say. Your material's highbrow, and all I want is f- to get to a point where people are say, like, your material's highbrow, but you've earned it. Right. Because it's all so funny. And the fact that he's able to say, like, we're going to talk about some, like, historical subjects. You may not even know half these people, but immediately we're going to bring it to, to, to funny town, to silly town, where we can have some fun with it. So um, I think you're, <laughs> you're right on with... Uh, how Achilles, the Achilles heel part, like he immediately starts off and then he gets something wrong right away. And there's something like that opens the door. It's almost like we can breathe now. Now it's not a history lesson at all. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I've found this with (laughs) writing. You can learn. I can uh, know too much. Uh, I I, I found that if I over-research a bit, then all of a sudden I can kill the humor and I want it to be right. I want it to be accurate. I want it to be precise because that's who I am as a person (laughs) in general. Mm -hmm. And it can kill it for me. Whereas I think I could learn from that and be like, what do I want to get wrong about this? Right. Uh, Exactly. I tried to write all this material about bonobo monkeys because I got really uh, fascinated Mm -hmm. with how they they fuck fuck all the time. And like... uh, Are those the ones that look kind of like Um, baboons? No, they look like chimpanzees. Hmm. Um, uh, There are are other closest relative. But the more I learned about it, I I ruined it for myself. And so then when I started to write about the Aztecs, I I was like, I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to learn much about them. I'm going to learn the bare minimum. And then then all of a sudden, my my imagination filled in the gaps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to because you have to say, 
like he's doing with Achilles. What's the thing that everybody knows about Achilles? The Achilles heel. Yeah. Let me fo- and that he fought. Let's focus on that for this bit. I so think- if you're doing something about the Aztecs, it's got to be okay, uh, sacrifice and and maybe a little bit about the fact that they played with like human heads. Like besides, if you want to get into more detail, yeah, that's yeah. energy that the audience could be laughing yeah. that now they're going, well, that's I guess I point. kind of assume that yeah, no this one's going to give it the, fa- the, uh, a bad comedy audience member will get hung up on it's Mayans yeah, or something. Right, like right, that. right. Like what if that even is. But I'm always I'm always self-conscious. About, I'm always like, oh, man. But what if I didn't do enough research? Crabs and lobsters. Like, so what? funny. Such oh, a funny visual. Yeah, yeah. Just attacking. So yeah. silly. Like, they're yeah. like, how are we going to attack Achilles? Well, uh, crabs and lobster, we're going we're gonna... to... Like, pinching <laughs> as... Uh, like, ow! <laughs> and knowing that it would actually be successful. And like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> he's right. actually worried about it. That's like, funny. The image of him running, it's just, it's such a cartoon. He nails it. Paint a cartoon. Don't tell us. Show us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, you have Achilles, this great warrior, running around, running away from crabs and lobsters that are about to kill him. Yep. <laughs> and then and then the next move is genius. He says, what's the only way we can make him invulnerable? Just big, it, big cement block. A cement block around us. And then what would that mean? If mm-hmm. this is true, what else is true? Yeah. Which is hard to do. Like for at my level, it's hard to to because that's a that's a well-known comedy trope. Well, if this is true, where would that go? Where would that go? Where uh-huh, would that go? Uh-huh. And it's hard to to, to just do that from scratch. Uh-huh. To try to know the audience would go with you oh. to say, okay, well now I've introduced a cement block. Now what? Well, now, now he can't move. He can't move. He's got a but max yeah, you, radius. You brought it up. Yeah. You came up with it. Yeah. So the confidence of saying, well, now he he keep that, but but that would only work if now he's got a max radius. Well, now he needs let's wheels. Put some wheels he on needs it. Some you know? wheels. But those those aren't going to work. Yeah. Because go we all know how wheels on th- on trolleys don't really. And ever. We're so silly. He is. It, it's war. Mm-hmm. It's war. Yeah. And and it's it's like we're so far in silly town. Um. We love it, and the and the the the, the violation is he's going around because there's always some sort of there's always a as as Osama said every joke has a corpse mm-hmm. right, and 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 of course here is this killing machine, but now he's attached to a cement block with a hovercraft, yeah, and now he's <laughs> vacuuming with it. <laughs> the, and, and the audience has to run with him. Okay, we're in ancient Greece, but. Uh, like okay, we'll add a hovercraft to it. <laughs> we'll, we'll add that yeah, that yeah, level of technology. Yeah. But he, I think that the, the brilliance of what he does here is he starts off by getting it wrong, mm-hmm. and and this kind of comes back to something that I've really noticed, which is counterpoint. It, 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 this is a, a weird, silly version of counterpoint, which is where you don't you're, when you're making your point, which his point is. The idea that he has an Achilles heel and that's the only thing, that's his only vulnerable spot, is such a ridiculous, stupid story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so dumb. We all know it's so stupid. Uh, um, yet it's so enduring. And then he goes, I'm going to make fun of that by showing what it's not. Uh, what, and then the moment you say what it's not, you are in this world of infinite possibility. Yeah. And I have never seen any comedian, I, I can't think of another comedian who's better at filling the world of infinite possibility, of counterpoint. Yeah. Than idiots. When, when we talk about like you know how he's able to just talk, like for me, if I'm going to do a 40 minute set, it's like okay, well I'll do this bit about men and women dating, followed by this bit about getting on the train. Am I right? <laughs> and the fact that he's able to go like, what's with this sound? Yeah. Why do we say <laughs> this sound? What he likes is so interesting. Yeah. Like what he's hung up on, and it uh. works. He does a thing I love, which I call is perceptual shift, which mm-hmm. is that where you go, okay, this looks like this from this angle. Now, what would X 
think about this. Yeah. And he and he does that with dust. What does the <laughs> dust, dust think yeah. about the crappy manual yeah. non-electric vacuums that you move that make that sound? Keep in mind, in the bit that started about Achilles. It's still Achilles. Now he's yeah. personifying dust. Right. <laughs> he's personifying yeah. dust. And it's so silly because it's so intentionally stupid. Dust doesn't think anything mm-hmm. as far as we know. Yeah. And, and, we're, and we immediately just laugh at the idea of dust being contemptuous of the vacuum mm-hmm. that can't vacuum it up. I love the personification of Anytime you like Louis does it a lot with like animals going like, dude, no, like th- any any version yeah, of yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that can't think having a very uh, dry observation. Those are my favorite <sighs> ones by far. Just he's just like, wait, wait, what, really? Like, like I saw this couch that was like, oh, come on, you're going to sit on me? Like, anything like that yeah. to me is immediately it's, funny. Of course. it's uh, that. It's, I mean, again, that's another major tool for stand-up is mm-hmm. shift the perception. All of a sudden, if you can get the audience, if you're <laughs> skilled enough to get the audience to go with you, now we're all dust. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Now we're a sofa and someone's farting into us. How much freedom does that allow? Because you, you hear, like, you see people write specials and you feel like they're burning out or one special's not as good as the other but if you're Eddie and you can you you know that you can go so far into and now I'm going to talk about dust doesn't that give you the freedom to feel like I I will never run out of material come on let's talk about sex so this is UFC by Nick Swordson from his 2009 album Seriously <laughs> Comma, who farted? <laughs> Such a funny title. It's a great like title. a six-year-old. Um, I love this clip because this is actually a different way to be silly. than. And it's funny because Nick Swartzen is like the epitome of a silly comic just by nature. He's just a, a goofball. Um, he even says like his material is stupid. That's yeah. the, um, Silly is intentionally but stupid. Mm-hmm. this joke is, or this is a story about him being silly as a human being. It's like... A story that actually happened to him. It's like, oh, he brings his silliness into social situations. Right. And that's why I love this clip. Cool. People have crazy jobs. Like UFC fighters. Which is great. I'm a huge UFC fan. Love it. I don't know if you've ever seen Ultimate Fighting. It's crazy. It's like boxing, except they kick you and they fucking choke you out. And they attack you. But it's like, that's their job. Like, it always blows my mind like that's what you have to you have to just go and fight somebody at work like nobody like really wants to fight but like that's your job like some guy's just gonna make you bleed out of your eyes <laughs> like yeah i'm going to work oh how's that gonna be a nightmare i mean it's gonna, it's gonna attack me attack me as hard as i can they're really strong <laughs> it's like i don't really get into a lot of fights Except when booze is involved. <laughs> my trainer, Jack Daniels, shows up <laughs> and gets in my corner. But this is a good way to get into a fight. This is, one, this is the last fight I was into. And uh, I went through a phase where I would get drunk and uh, I'd be at the bar and I would pull my dick out of my pants. <laughs> And I would put it <laughs> over my wrist. I would let it like hang over my wrist. And then I would walk up to strangers. And I'd be like, hey man, I can't read my watch. Can you read my watch? <laughs> I'm so wasted. <laughs> so drunk, man, I can't read my watch. 
And they would freak out. And I went through this phase where I would do it all the time. So one time, it didn't go well. So weird. So one time, I walk up to this blonde girl at the bar, sitting there. And I'm like, hey, hey, can you read my watch? I can't read my watch. She's like, that's your dick. I was like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, that is so hilarious. You have to show my boyfriend. <laughs> but uh, old booze brain was like, okay, where is he? Where is he? Let's do it. There's no way this could go badly. <laughs> So I walk up to the dude. She's like, oh my God, look what this guy just showed me. And I'm like, hey, can you read my watch? I don't know what time it is. And the guy's like, is that your fucking dick? <laughs> Literally picks me up by my shirt in like one motion, throws me through these double doors like at this bar, land on the sidewalk. It would have hurt really bad. If I weren't laughing so hard. <laughs> so I hit the fucking concrete. This guy gets in my face, you know what I mean? And all these people come outside. And uh, it was funny because then he's like, dude, you got a pretty small watch. <laughs> I'm like, it went over my wrist. <laughs> and his girlfriend's like, show him your watch. He's like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Everyone's like, yeah, where's your watch? He's like, <laughs> and he got all aggro and left. But, like, part of me wanted it to, like, turn into, like, a huge thing. And, like, the cops to show up just because it would have been so funny explaining that. <laughs> like, to the police, like, okay, how'd this all start? I'd be like... <laughs> how'd it start? Well, officer, first of all, can you read my watch real quick? <laughs> I have a curfew. It's really good. Dude. Oh, so good. God. So good. It's fucking so funny. Yeah. Man. Oh my god. I. I. That makes me respect <laughs> Nick's words. Absolutely. I never thought I'd say those words. I respect him because he exposed himself in bars yeah. constantly. It's so and got funny. Beat up for it. Why'd you pick that bit? I just think it's so. I love that he is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. I love that this is like this is autobiographical. This really happened and I believe it. It was so detailed. Yeah. And it's not even like it's not even like one incident. It's like he's like, yeah, I was like doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah. Like I got this it. This is kind of who I was. You know that phase where you just put your dick over your wrist and act like it's a watch? Like I just great. I love that it's like this is who he is. He is this silly goose. He's not being a silly goose. Yeah. Cause I've yeah. heard of these comics that are silly. And then off stage, they're like kind of like bummers. No, but he's, he's, he's literally walking around in bars. Yeah. yeah <laughs> just like, that's such a great, yeah, it's so with, great. Yeah. It's so fun. I just think it's, and I just, it's such a good story too. I don't know. It's, the intro is interesting. Um, yeah. He does, things. He, he, he does something there. I really like, uh, which is it, it's uh, again, standard, standard stand up. He, uh, he shows something that we, I guess respect a little bit in society. We kind of like it. Wow, these fighters. Oh, mm -hmm. it's so impressive. And he's like, that's an awful job. 
That is a really horrible. <laughs> you think you're thinking job about sucks? what it actually is. Like, oh, I get paid to do that, and uh-huh. having like a friend go like, "Hey, how's your day at work gonna be?" Yeah, like you're like a, like so a friend of an, a UFC fighter a wouldn't nightmare. know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so what are you doing today? I'm probably gonna get my ass kicked. You know, like, yeah, yeah, they're yes. really strong. They're gonna attack yeah, me yeah, as hard as they bad. can. Also, it's just funny to like that those people are just being normalized that someone attacking you is just an everyday another day at the office yeah Yeah. like ah god he will try to kill me if there's not a ref and Uh. his pivot then from ufc to the time i got my ass kicked for taking my dick out in public yeah uh is great because he's 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 like oh i fight when i'm drunk my trainer jack daniels yeah Yeah. (laughs) And as a as a like a small tag, that's kind of a, like a hacky joke. That's like that, but it's so perfect. It's yeah. like sometimes like it's not even it's not a hack if if it's just like a quick little quip. It's like it's or not even hack. It's like um, you know it's, your joke where you're an incandescent thing. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not the point. It's just a little thing to, yeah. to help it along on its own. Pretty silly dad joke, kind of. Oh, his trainer Jack Daniels. I'll tell you what. If then he pivoted <laughs> but, to a different concept after saying that, you'd be like, oh, I was a little. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the fact that that's just to enhance uh-huh. what he really wants to talk and about, it, and then just the best story I've mm-hmm. ever heard. Oh, it's so <laughs> good. Such a funny. I like, love Doctor Fucker Dad. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah, way yeah, he yells yeah, as yeah, the guy yeah, is yeah, so yeah. funny. Yeah. And 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 I love that too. It's uh-huh. such a good thing. He could just say if he had said he had said um and then the guy said is that your fucking dick as opposed to um (laughs) and he said Ah! he sounds like a grizzly bear it's i mean that's a mini act out right it's a mini in and out super quick and we all see that guy we all i can visualize the bar because the way he describes it reminds me of a bar from durham i used to go watch football games and and i had a bar in my head and i was thinking like the double doors are perfect and the sidewalk outside is perfect and like uh, the kind of people that would go and like (laughs) be excited by a guy putting his penis over his watch I just love it. He paints such a good picture, and it's such a well-told story, and it's so silly. Yeah. It's Not so many silly. true life Again, stories are that silly. And it is, and it, this fits perfectly. It's so intentionally <laughs> stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so stupid, and he yeah. is such the fool. Yeah, 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 And the humility with that is insanely likable. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a great comic. I've, right. I feel like. He needs to get his due by the comedy community. Do, He's so good. Like I have to say, like you playing some of his bits on this podcast made me go, "Yeah, I'm wrong about Nick Swartz. Yeah, I got to give him another yeah. shot." You know, yeah. He's real. That's a great fucking album slash special. It's yeah. actually you should watch it because he has some great. I think actors. I got turned off by that title. And seriously, seriously, you farted. <laughs> you farted. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh really? Come on. Let's talk about sex. Big huge thanks to. Let's see here. Dave Colombo. Yes, thank he was you. An instrumental in this episode. Thank this you. is one of the hardest I've like laughed, and this is a really good episode. Thank man. you. I, I, I had a lot of fun. You I'm guys, so glad you're a fan too. Oh, I, I'm absolutely. I mean, it's it's precisely up my alley. It's what like listening to it. I'm like, oh, I would have said that. Like listening to your other episodes, I'm like, yeah, I would have yeah. talked about this. Oh, I would have gone in that direction, and then it's like, oh, I yeah, get to yeah, do yeah. it. I get oh, to man, be on this. Dude, high five. Yeah. yeah, I hope it, the audio and picks I, up. I, me too. Like seriously, the amount of editing I'm going to have to fucking do. <laughs> I just can't. Can't wait. How long I have we been recording? I can see the waveforms in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How long have we been recording? Um, does it matter? Do I really have to edit this too? <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, all right. Uh, 
Huge thanks to also the comedians that we played, Dana Carvey, Eddie Izzard, and Nick Swordson. If you are interested in Dave Colombo, and you very well should be, check out Cautiously Poptimistic, his monthly pop culture web series, which you can find on the YouTube. <laughs> and follow him. He is very active on Twitter. So do yourself a favor. He is at David Colombo on Twitter. And then he's also at Dave Saw Stuff on Instagram. And as always, as always, a big, huge thanks to Salt and Peppa for not suing us, or at least not yet suing us, for fairly using a heavily modified portion of their song. I think they like <laughs> it. I think they'll like it if they listen. I and think the they don't the know. And I social think they should keep it that they're, way. They're Are they alive? At least, is it wrong that I feel I like at least? I get them in TLC's, uh, me too. like, uh, I'm cutting this off. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex.